everyone to another episode of cricket unplugged today uh, me and rakav will be discussing on something uh, which uh, has inspired the game something which has inspired many many players which have uh, come up in the game uh, something which people still talk about and uh, some people whose numbers are really flabbergasting yes we are talking about uh, two teams probably the two greatest teams to have ever set foot on a cricket ground we are talking about clive lloyd's west indies and we are talking about steve was australia so uh, raghav uh, welcome uh, and uh, i'm sure you will have a lot of things to say about this probably you will have let's say uh, an interest in uh, both of these teams and their uh, records personally as you know that you are you know you are a great australian fan i'm sure there is a possibility for a bias there or uh, do you actually think that both the teams are the same uh, going by the list of champions that uh, both the teams enlist in their 11s do you think that a separation can be done you know in terms of a laddering of one team is better than the other or you know are these just teams who probably people uh, who have come after them can just look up to and admire what do you think raghav yeah so first of all it's a really amazing topic to be uh, chatting about so and then as you said so i think in my personal opinion it is two teams which has shaped uh, generations so the clive lloyd team ru- ruled or dominated world cricket through the 70s and 80s and then she was oscillated did that in the 90s and it was carried forward by uh, ponting ponting and his team but uh, to answer your question specifically do i think one team is uh better than the other i am actually going for the slightly safer option by saying that i don't think we should be comparing the two teams mm-hmm. i would say so i would go with your third option which you mentioned by saying the other teams who have mm-hmm. uh, had the luck to play for their country post clive lloyd's era or post he was era should this be proud and feel lucky that they are part of the same 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 country and they 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 have such great people to look up to admire and get inspired and from a personal perspective as well if i look at this even uh, statistically and the <clears throat> overall significance and impact of what a clive lloyd team what clive lloyd's men did in the 70s and 80s when he had uh, when you look at the situation even in the 90s when steve was captain the rules and the game had become far more commercial so post the 1996 world cup so you had a lot of wonders the game had become more commercial there was more what has now become a norm there was more favoritism towards a batsman now it's a batsman's game but in the 70s and 80s i think that was era when that game was 
truly balanced so there was no particular uh, series or or country which comes to mind where it is completely rank turners or flat flat decks so you had okay. a solid contest always and to keep that factor in mind you got to say that clive lloyd's men were something else else because th- those are the times when there were no helmets very few people had helmet and mm-hmm. uh, look at the bowling talent when around the world that these these batsmen faced from mm-hmm. from that team from the jeff thompson dennis lilly ian botham kapil dev imran khan so you had yes. some world beating talent and he had all the rules in the right place so you had good favorable conditions as well so keeping that in mind yes it is a truly unmatchable team and if you look at the stats as well clive lloyd captain the team for 11 years between 1974 and 1985 and he won two two world cups Mm. 1975 and 79 mm. and he has won 36 out of his 47 games as a captain mm-hmm. so and which includes a record which he won bro so he won 11 test matches in a in a row so mm-hmm. which steve war later on in the 90s he broke that by winning 16 matches in a row and uh, the indian fans especially would uh, remember the 17 match very very fondly even now because they were the ones who broke the broke the streak so it is a well known fact that when he came to india in 2001 was when uh-huh. steve was uh, golden run came to an end but uh, i still stick to my point that both the teams are equally great and i don't think we can compare them only area where i would differentiate between oh. the two teams is two i would say two aspects one is the steve was era had a better better batsman keeper in ian 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 healy so mm-hmm. for the record so the keeper who was around in the time of clive lloyd was uh-huh. jeffrey dozan who had a pretty good good record in 80 81 games 81 test matches he has 267 catches to his name uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, 183 catches in 169 odis but ian healy 366 catches in 119 tests and 194 catches in 1168 odis but more importantly it was a time in australian cricket when shane one was at his peak so mm-hmm. he started to peak after 1995 so mm-hmm. you have the skill and i think even now when people talk about best wicket keepers there are names that comes up like uh, mark mark bowl and uh, to a large extent even uh dhoni as well so ms mm. dhoni as a pure wicket keeping perspective the best we have seen in sangakara in recent mm. times but i think ian healy as a wicket keeper and as a dog dogged fighter at a uh, fight down he could 
play pretty decently with the tail so he hasn't got too many big scores to his name but uh, i think that separates him because jeff jeff duzon also came in in the uh, later stages of clyde's captaincy but still he had a very superb uh, record but i would say he pales in comparison to uh, ian ellis completeness behind the six beat to the fast bowlers or the spinners and another yeah. aspect which the great west indian team of the 70s and 80s didn't have was shane worth or a we have to if i trigger it myself they didn't have a spinner who was world world beating or who was who literally changed the face of the game like like mm-hmm. shane wanted so i would say i won't put this points as a factor to say that steve's team was better than clyde's but these are factors which you can't take away from from steve's men so i think mm. that couple of brownie points for them here that is said rack of to specify more i mean uh, wonderful points you put up there as actually going to ask you regarding individual uh, players lot of champions but uh, before that uh, before we come into individual players i i want to ask you regarding the first stat that you uh, said that uh, clive lloyd had uh, captained the team in 74 matches and uh, they had won 36 in those it is almost like they have won 50% of the games and uh, they have lost yes. uh, a meager 12 matches so the win loss ratio is pretty good but it is absolutely no match with steve was the uh, stats i mean he he seems to have won almost everything i think uh, in 57 matches he has won 41 which is almost like more than yes. 70% of the matches that he's played which is just amazing and i think a few matches there uh, out of the man were just lost probably after the series was already won by australia so uh, maybe the complacency mm. factor would have also set in but amazing amazing stats uh, there from Uh, Steve Waugh, which is incomparable, but uh, also something which I want to you know bring to your notice is that uh, at, at, at the beginning of your points, you mentioned that uh, cricket was much less commercialized. It was a, a fair ball game, and uh, most of the mm-hmm. teams it, they had fantastic bowling lineups. I mean, like extremely good points that you brought up. So when you compare mm-hmm. the uh, op- opposition that uh, Steve Waugh had. with due respect to uh, like when we are talking about uh, the teams from 1990 to 2003 with due respect to england west indies uh, india uh, sri lanka pakistan uh, i don't know probably except for south africa uh, i don't think there was any team which was uh, really uh, a strong team uh, even south africa were defeated fair and square by steve yes but uh, there wasn't uh, any team during that particular period of time which we would say yes they had really good batsmen and ballers to back it up absolutely not uh, but uh, if if you look at clivoids clivoids time england and australia were extremely good teams and uh, uh, australia right. could not win much in england and uh, england mm. could not win much in australia whereas clive lloyd's team went and uh, defeated both teams in their place and even pakistan uh, pakistan was a really good team yes. uh, during that time so there were 
extremely good teams but uh, if you look at the stats clive lloyd's team had won like virtually every other place uh, at the same time no other player was actually win against each other you know at their home they were really you know strong uh, so uh, with regards to uh, competition uh, in the world uh, i believe clive lloyd mm-hmm. uh, had a much better proposition so Uh, what do you want to talk about that i mean like you had already put up that point but uh, could you elaborate on that again yeah so i think this is a interesting point something which i think i should have brought it up earlier as well so the quality of uh, opposition is uh, definitely makes a captain greater and if you look at the teams he was playing uh, playing playing against Clive Lloyd's team would, uh, I would, in that aspect, uh, definitely rank higher than Steve was because, uh, as you perfectly put it, in the time when Steve was a captain, or uh, the only team, as you said, which could give them a fight was South Africa, and I would say to extend Pakistan as well because they had some mm-hmm. pretty fine batsmen and uh, Shoaib Akhtar, Wasim Akram, Bakar Yunus, Saklen Mustaq. they formed a formidable bowling lineup so as a whole south africa and pakistan india were on the upsurge means they were post the 2000 match fixing scandal so they were not a force and the remaining teams were just uh, just making up the numbers i guess so yes so in that regard i think clive lloyd's uh, achievement as a captain would rank more far more than than steve or as a individual if you mm-hmm. look at a captain as a individual and just take that take that bit away from the overall team and what because steve or like ricky ponting gets termed as being slightly lucky because the talent which they have in the team mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. on hindsight look at it even clive lloyd you could say the same but apart from the point which you mentioned the quality of opposition but clive uh-huh. lloyd had a team which which any other team would give a hand and leg to have i think the openers then serve and the four the bowlers who could swing it and uh, rip apart uh-huh. opposition on any surface so even clive uh-huh. lloyd had a formidable team but i guess uh-huh. it is about how much i think one factor which i didn't bring up this point earlier is how much of the exposure somebody like us get to see of of clive lloyd's great team so when you look at the analysis which i had done when you had to compare these two i had lot of i had seen almost every game of steve steve captain uh-huh. uh-huh. so i think that's where it is coming from where i could see steve was greatness as a captain live so clive lloyd you don't get too much of the footage so that is a different perspective but personally i have read a lot about west indies cricket and of course i don't think any cricket fanatic and uh, romantic should uh, will not read and fall in love with that team but yes. i think there is a clear case where i haven't got that Uh, the luck to see the what do you call one or two or highlights of some great wins so i have seen mm-hmm. 
individual performances of uh, Joel Garner, uh, Malcolm Marshall, or Sir yeah. and Clive Lloyd himself as a as a batsman. But mm-hmm. what we kept seeing more more on TV or online is mm-hmm. West Indies going out of the 1983 World Cup. So they mm-hmm. did not show them winning games in the tournament. They just saw the final because that was a turning point for Indian cricket. So it is my uh, perspective comes from there. So lack, not I would say not lack of exposure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to Clive Lloyd's great team Absolutely. compared to Steve's team. So. Yeah, and uh, another thing I want to ask, I mean, like, especially with the current situation, uh, we all know what happened in the US. Uh, a lot of protests are happening and uh, the West Indies team and they are going to settle on foot uh, against England uh, in, in, in less than a week's time from now. They will be sporting the Black Lives Matter tag and uh, even the English team are going to do that. So that's we have traveled a long way from 1976. But uh, uh, the, the 70s were uh, the time of uh, civil strife and uh, uh, there were a lot of tensions uh, with regards to uh, probably racial discrimination and things like that. And uh, uh, whenever Clive Lloyd's teams uh, started to play on the field, it was more than just uh, about uh, playing and winning a match. It was also more about making a statement. That was when in 1976, when they defeated England 5-0 after uh, Greg made that famous statement of we'll make them grow. They called it blackwash. The same thing they did in 1984. So that that West Indies team, uh, I mean, look at Viv Richards. It was all about his swagger and and as you rightly mentioned, the four pace bowlers. I mean, they they did not even want uh, any no spinner. The only thing which uh, the the West Indies team did not have was a great spinner. I don't think they were required on it. Was all about pace and hostility, and about making a statement. So, uh, uh, as in, I've always felt that the uh, West Indies team was uh, the, was the first team to show pure aggression by means of uh, a cricket ball and a cricket bat. Uh, the teams which right, came on right. later, especially was yes. team, did show a lot of aggression. But uh, I think uh, the point that these people made was completely different. So. Uh, Making so continue. Uh, so, uh, it's funny that uh, you know uh, Viv Richards was uh, actually the lone spinner in the team many times. You know he has even picked up a few wickets in World Cup finals. Uh, he he necessarily bowled part time whenever it was required. So uh, they never really cared for a spinner when you compare to that with uh, the greatest spinner of all time being in the Australian team, Shane Warne. So do you also think that it has got to do with uh, the difference in the pitches that has come about? You rightly mentioned, you know, uh, dust bowls and uh, spinning tracks in few areas of the world. So, do you necessarily think that it has also uh, got to do with a lot of change in the way the pitches were also done? Uh, yeah. Partially, I don't think completely that's a factor, mm-hmm. if you ask me. So, I think it was a need. So, as I said earlier, like, when you look at Steve was team and it was nearing 
the stage where cricket was starting to sell sell big and earn big compared to the 70s and 80s so you had to make changes to make it more uh, attractive or uh, viable as a as a product so i think that's how it started so you had a far more one day matches played and then you had venues like sharja getting much more mileage than even the 1980s when there have been some epic matches which have happened there but it got more popularity in the late 90s and mm-hmm. of course we all remember the famous dust bowl and the sand yes. uh, sandstorm series so so that sort of thing where i don't think you can attribute the something like shane wons dominance or control of the game to pitches mm-hmm. being more spin spin friendly i think you can just take like you can say okay we can you give i even if you have a ice a pitch made of ice i think sir we could could hold his force and <laughs> shane one could turn the ball anyway from leg or to off or from off to you you nobody could do it i think they are just there is one one i say one sir wave and one shane one so i don't think there's a case of saying the pitches were little more spin friendly that allowed uh, more oh. spinners to come into the game and no i don't think so i think shane one is a exception probably you could look at other countries and say probably yes the kind of cricket they plays first also you need to look at other aspects which we won't get into detail like the talent which was available oh. for a team for example oh. pakistan after bakar inis wasim akram and shoaib akhtar they didn't have too many tarawih quicks were as as good as them so we had the likes of uh ashad khan saklen musak musak ahmed then later sai rajmal making their presence felt in the in the world scene so it was it was a do the talent which comes from the domestic circuit so that's a different uh, aspect of our perspective altogether so to answer your question as i said earlier it's a clear cut case of the game had to be more viable more uh, sellable so they had to make the changes and of course one of the beneficiaries of the of that change was certainly shane one so he had the skill so he could do it but if you ask me if i had to put if i could foresee sir playing starting off in the early 90s i think mm-hmm. he would have reached the 100 100s milestone for sure there's mm-hmm. no there's no doubt ever without i with eyes closed i can say that looking at the pitches which we got to see in the <laughs> early 2000s especially if not late 90s there's some serious big scores that serve unfortunately missed out because he was playing in some really far times i would say not tough times far times as the pitches everything at a boring attacks were far mm-hmm. more stronger when he played so it is again a nice and what you call interesting angle to it like how the view research so maybe I, i would like to know from you actually so that since you are a you are someone who considers serve to be 
possibly the best batsman and i think mm-hmm. he should rank among the best in the the game has seen so what do you, what do you think like how would he would have fight suppose he made his debut 10 years like he started off in the 70s if he started off in the 80s and he had a rather injury free period do you think he would have created some records like what we keep uh, raving about the chris gales and what uh, devilliers has done fastest 100 fastest 150 those sort of records from surely a record creating and breaking point of view do you think vibrisons would have been there in all the all possible records or do you think that uh, it will be recall the bowling attacks could pose a th- threat to him, maybe apart from australia and pakistan i don't think any other team could have but i'm just curious to know from you like what do you think i i certainly agree with your uh, point rakam i don't think there would have been anything which would have you know stopped uh, serviv from scoring 100 100 i mean uh, probably he would have at least you know ended up close probably get the 90 we never know but uh, mm. one thing i would uh, love to also say here that if vivrichard stay played in this uh, in in that era i i may not have Uh, you know loved richards the same because uh, the picture of him mm-hmm. holding his crease and uh, probably you see yeah. a merv hughes you know running from uh, the uh, the side screen and from perth and then viv richards standing in the ground and just gracefully hitting him over the up and then the ball just flying through you know about 100 meters onto the long on uh, stands in a test match and uh, after seeing that he just nonchalantly comes down the pitch and then knocks in the middle of the track a couple of times yeah. i think such scenes we could have never seen in cricket if uh, he did not play you know in in, in the 70s so just without a helmet as you said just standing yeah. just just holding in the ground you know that that mm. was something is uh, an unbelievable sight to see so uh, before that uh, let's not forget another uh, couple of players who were uh, you know really setting up the uh, whole stage for richards because uh, when he passed uh, mm. richards how you could bat so freely he said uh, you know man whenever uh, i get out i know the confidence that you know uh, we have clive lloyd and other players down there who can bat and anyways when i come to the crease the bowlers have already been set under tremendous pressure by desmond haynes and mm-hmm. gordon grant so you cannot mm-hmm. really forget the you know contribution that uh, haynes and grant have had you know if if you look at the stats for test matches they are still the best opening uh, partnership with 66400 runs i mean no other player has that matthew hayden and justin langer come second with uh, 5600 runs and uh, in one day mm. cricket they are third but of course uh, with the very less amount of matches they have played uh, they are mm-hmm. uh, they are still third behind ganguly tendulkar and gilkar sheden but uh, the most brilliant factors they are the only pair uh, in, in the top 10 for both test matches and one days no other team has the same combination you know so 
it, it's an unbelievable <laughs> fact that over 10 years in both ondes and test matches greenwich and haynes have continuously murdered bowling attacks i mean they have racked up 10000 runs in uh, these 10 years which is unbelievable feat so uh, yeah rcb is probably the most uh, unsung hero in the west indies probably is because you have greats like uh, sir wim and then clive lloyd and then the limelight was i think largely taken by the pace pace quartet so you didn't, you didn't necessarily get people talk uh desmond hens and and uh, gordon grenets with as much or amazement as we do with the uh, with the other players because they are far more uh visible and far more as you say even now from a visibility perspective even sir we begin hear him commented so i think people associate the names with the face more so that's what i i would put it in uh, that angle so mm-hmm. so when you hear about people who have followed the game from the 80s talk about them and then when you go back and see them play and with the grace with which they went about doing things and the swagger i think probably the among the best opening partnerships the, the game has seen i think not only that era has seen i think mm. probably it's the game has seen so you can i can of course say that hayden and langer were they racked up the runs but mm. uh, again again going back to the same old point the quality of oppositions and the pitches pale in comparison to what these these two are up against and definitely hens the pitches and then they would bat out the toughest sessions on most most occasions with ease so it is i don't think in my personal thing in when you compare the two opening combinations without a doubt it's got it's got to be desmond hens and gordon organic statistics may prove that as well and even the impact they left on that uh, team of presidents uh, where uh, other players came in and then bas bas in the glory of these two so they just quietly did so i think the only equivalent if you look in recent times would be somebody like a rahul dravid or someone who does so much for a team but mm-hmm. only sachin tendulkar or virendra sehwag who smashes his way to a quick fire 100 or mm-hmm. sachin tendulkar who keeps uh, piling on the hundreds they they get uh, spoken about and talked about more but rahul dravid was the one who set up the win or the one who batted out sessions batted out series for you actually if you if you look at it so that sort of players sadly got they just get submerged i would say in people's memory but for people like us certainly we are not going to forget them uh, any time i would say till the end we are going to remember these players because they were they are in my personal opinion the when i think about the great west indies team of the 70s and 80s the three aspects which come to my mind is of course the balling the four mm-hmm. fast bowlers 
and the sheer dominance and the swag and style of Sorvel uh -huh. with with whatever he did, not only batting the way he used to field, catch, just carry himself on the field. So that attitude which made people even uh, or to say some I've read some excerpts online where they said that even men used to drool drool over his looks and style. So that sort of image if you look at it overall what he had created and then the openness. So as it's the old cliches as it goes as the cliche goes that uh, only if you have a solid opening partnership can the team succeed. So which is actually very true. So I think certainly with Viv around, I think that team would have done as well as they ended up doing or performing. But I would say cricket would have been at a loss if if these two weren't around. Uh, Especially uh, Gordon Dennis. Gordon Dennis is something special, beyond special, I think. So among my favorite batsmen, I got the chance to watch on TV or online. Just yeah, amazing place. He could, he could really, he, people, uh, I think, he, uh, people of all age groups could just watch him back. So that, that's a kind of a attractive quality which they had. So it's amazing. So clear hands down there, I think. There's no comparison as such with uh, who's the better opening combination when it comes to these, the two which you spoke about. So easy, easy winner. Absolutely. Yeah, 